Hey, welcome to the show show. It is a show about shows, and my name's Colin Sweets. I'm flying solo. Hey, but not for long, because Matt's going to be around uh, very, very shortly, I I assume. You know why he's not here? Because he didn't plan his his schedule such that he left himself enough time to prepare for today's podcast. We have to watch two different pilot episodes to prepare for each episode of this show. And did Slaney watch them? Well, he watched one of them a year ago when one of those shows premiered. The other one premiered 15 years ago, and he was not prepared. I'm very disappointed. Oh, I just realized my window's open. Hang on a second. I've been trying my best to make it cool in here because it is getting to be very hot as it is summer. Uh, so it's a, it's a show about shows. What TV shows have been running my life? Uh, he vamped while he waited for his co-host to arrive. Oh, you know what I've been doing? Honestly, this is the, I don't know what brought me to this, but this has honestly been consuming the better portion of, of my, my TV viewing life for, uh, like three weeks, probably since we last taped, which was several weeks ago. So I had mentioned last podcast that I've been having a really hard time sleeping. And so I tried anything and everything to to help me to fall asleep. And so I read somewhere that there were actual clinical medical soothing effects to be gained from from watching Bob Ross, like the joy of painting. The old PBS, uh, white guy with the big afro would paint uh, an an oil nature landscape painting in under 30 minutes. Masterful stuff. And yes, he, he, he's very soothing and very uh, kind in his words. And he's just, he's just sweet to watch. And so I, I can't necessarily say that he has helped me sleep at all, but he has enriched my life. <laughs> so I've been watching Bob Ross like every night, just as a means of not going to bed in a dark place. I I, I put on an episode of Bob Ross because they're on a bunch of them on Netflix and and they're also on on YouTube. You can watch any one of like three hundred different uh, uh, paintings that that Bob Ross put together, and it never ceases to amaze me. So what do I do? I'm I'm a I'm a fanatic person who can 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 sink his teeth into something for thirty minutes, and then I, I want it to rule my life. So I go on Amazon and I ordered a bunch of paints, <laughs> phalo blue and titanium white and Van Dyke brown, and uh, and, and I've got to get scratched canvas, and I've got to get liquid white, and I've got to get paint thinner, and I've got to get paint knives. I've got to get the the old two inch brush, the, the the one inch brush, the fan brush. I need a big black room. I don't really need that. An afro maybe. That's what I've been doing uh, with my television life. In addition to properly preparing for the podcast that that we we produce and put together. Slaney missed it last week because work got in the way, and the week before. We couldn't record because I was so incapacitated by my exhaustion. I'm in better shape now. I went to the doctor and she said, hmm, you have a problem. Let me help you out. And she helped me out. That's that's not a solution. It is a Band-Aid, but I'm working on it. I'm work. Oh, oh, there's, uh, there's Mr. Slane right now. There, I buzzed him in. He should be along any moment and he will walk in to find me already having started the podcast. It's been a pleasure having this intimate time with you. There he is. Hey, buddy. We've started without you. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. That's fine. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. 
Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Bottom door, it's just cord light. It's Monday, so we can't have tall boys. I was thinking it would have been wise for us to drink good robot beer, given the theme of this evening's podcast. And not just because of Mr. Robot, but because of Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams' production company. I was going to say, is there, I thought it might have been called Good Robot, but then I realized that's the brewery, not the production company. J.J. Abrams' production company is Bad Robot, but I'm not sure it was called that back in the alias days. Oh, no, I don't think it was. I didn't see anything at the end credits. And even before that, he did Felicity. He did Felicity? Which is like, I just learned this today in looking up the I shows. about that. But like, I don't know what Felicity is, except for that what I assumed it was is not a J.J. Abrams show. No, I think it's just a show about a girl going to school in New York. I don't think it has anything to, like, I don't think she has any supernatural abilities. <laughs> no or sci-fi. Like, no, yeah, no like ray guns. I don't think so anyway. Maybe, who knows? Who knows? I mean, there was a whole element to Alias that I didn't know was was in there about how she's a, a student and yeah. Now let's back it up. Let's okay. Let's, what are we gonna start with? Okay, I, I don't. We can start with whichever you want. I mean, we're we're doing Mr. Robot and we're doing Alias. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got the idea to do Alias. It's on the Hollywood Reporter uh, top 100 best shows of all time, and it's on a lot of best of lists. Mm-hmm. It's number 84, I think, on THR. But we recently did a, a show about spies. Yeah. And at the end of the at the podcast, we're like, so what other spy shows are there that we're not thinking of? And and my friend Jamie, who's our only listener, yep. hey, said, Jamie. hey, you forgot about Alias. And so I said mm-hmm. to him, well, it'll probably come up like inevitably when we do um, a Lost episode. Right. But we can do one on Alias on its own. Yeah, definitely. And toss in uh, uh, another uh, cultural phenomenon, which is coming back this week. They like kind of like had a. Did you hear about this? They sprung it early, so they actually played the first episode on social media. Like you could just find it on social media. Just the first hour. Yeah, but I think it's the first. The first hour is the first episode. I, see. I think. Yeah. Well, wh- when was the 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 day supposed to be? When was it supposed to be the premiere? Day? Uh, I think like two days from now. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it was going to be a double episode or something, and they've already put up the first half. Right. Let's start with Mr. Robot. Sure. Because that's what I started with this morning. I watched it. I mean, it's a thing that I've been meaning to watch, and I, I've, I've run out of stuff that I've been keeping up with, so I do right. need something new to watch. Plus, it's so easy to sink your teeth into something that's only 10 or 11 episodes oh, long. Oh, yeah. And every episode, huge cliffhanger. I love that you haven't seen this one yet. Do you have any, like, you just watched the first episode. First of all, what did you think? I, I mean, I was immediately brought in and i i guess i i knew that was going to be the case because i had heard that this show has the potential to be the next breaking bad Mm -hmm. yeah which is which is bold yeah but uh and and it's early to say that but i i went into it thinking okay i i really want this to get me so i was really open for it but when he sits down in that that cafe with the guy and he he starts telling him about him and then he says look i know you uh solicit child porn and he's just like arrogant, but it's not hateful in him. Right, Rami Malek. I, I thought he was. I thought he was so cool, and so immediately I was brought in. Nice. Yeah. Do you have any predictions of where the show kind of goes? Like, d- did anything strike you as like, I wonder if this is that? Um, you know? Do you know I'm what I mean? To think the I'm I'm curious about the girl character. What's her name? The blonde girl. Uh, Angela. Angela. Does she stick around? Yes. 
yeah okay so she's she's kind of, it's a bit of a tropey character in that way in that like he's like got social anxiety disorder and he's clearly in love with her and she knows such that she's almost apologetic right to him and she does seem to like him as friends and her boyfriend wants to be friends with him anyway i thought are they going to add another uh another level to this character or is mm-hmm. she just going to be the the hackneyed best friend girl next door betty cooper type i would say that a lot of these characters are extremely dynamic they move in ways that you don't see coming at all great what i was going did you read wikipedia at all uh not for not for mr robot okay good good because there's so many spoilers there like it would not be a good idea. It's amazing that it's that full of spoilers and it's only one season deep. Yeah. It's a very rich season. Great. Yeah. Great. So yeah. do you don't think that they'll, I mean, sometimes these shows have a sophomore slump and that they kind of slow down and get a little boring in the second season I, as they recoup after they get winded. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. I hope it doesn't. Like it would take a lot to be on par with the first season. Yes. And honestly, I'm a little concerned at how they could ever build on that first season. Right. Just the way the story ended up going. I'm, I'm really excited to watch it. I hope that they can, you know, carry it on in an awesome way. Is it one of the reasons that it gets compared to Breaking Bad level of suspense because it accelerates really fast? Like it really gets going and a lot gets covered in a short amount of time? Um, you know how in Breaking Bad, like in the, the first two episodes, yeah. they're already like neck deep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. And I would say that there's, like, three different storylines. Like, there's a lot more going on storyline-wise than there was in Breaking Bad. Okay. You know, it, it kind of just seemed like it was, like, Jesse, Walt, Walt, Walt and the... Uh, the wife. The wife, I guess. It was just, like, one unilateral story. Right. Whereas this kind of branches off, you get to learn... Yeah, learn more about, like, how... Yeah, I don't want to give too much away. So the show's not dependent on Elliot, then. If not for him, there's other drama going on. There is other drama going on for sure. Okay. But it is kind of central to Elliot. Of course. Yeah. Like he's he's definitely the main character, but there's many scenes without Elliot in them. That Christian Slater's a psycho, man. Yeah. He's a he's a good actor. Like yeah. he's but he's he's perfect for that part in in the little bit I know about him so far and just that he's creepy. Yeah, I remember I heard a podcast, like the Nerdist podcast with Christian Slater and Rami Malik on Yeah, last I heard year. that. And I was kind of thinking to myself, is this actually going to be a good show or is it going to be really hokey? Like it's on USA. So strike one. What even is that? (laughs) To me, it reminds me of like the Hallmark Channel or like the WB. Like this is its first like flagship show. So they can't believe their luck then. No. Because it's so critically acclaimed already. Yeah. Yeah. It's like putting them on the map the way that Breaking Bad put Breaking Bad or The Walking Dead put AMC on the map. Yeah. I found a couple of the narrative testimonials from Elliot where he's like, because he narrates a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's kind of talking in his head. Yes. I found it to be a little bit one-dimensional. And I mean, again, I, I, I can't judge too, too harshly because I've only seen the one episode. But mm-hmm. in that, it's very convenient for him that the people he doesn't like are also bad people on the internet. Like, right. if you dug deep enough, you could probably find a reason to hate anyone because of their browsing history. Right. Probably. Yeah, that's true. But like... In Definitely the, in the you. Si- oh, right. I've I seen know. that browser. No. In the situation with, with Angela's boyfriend, where he's like describing how he feels about this guy, yeah. who like wants to be friends with Elliot so that Angela will be happy with all the men in her life. Right. You kind of get the sense that he probably is a good guy. You're disinclined 
to trust him or even really like him because you immediately know he's not the protagonist. And in fact, he's disliked by the protagonist. Right. But there's no real reasons to dislike him until Rami Malek says he cheated on her with with this ugly girl or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, that's that's awful convenient for Elliot. Right. Right? That makes it a lot easier to hate the guy. Like, it, it would almost be a better character trait of Elliot's for him to just, like, hate the guy. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think he's more humanizing. He's pretty clear about how flawed he is, too. He's very, like, self-hating. Yeah, but he's in denial because he's the first thing he says is, I'm not a junkie, before he goes to buy drugs from that girl right. who he gets fucked up with. Yeah. Shayla. So she becomes a regular? She's, uh, yeah, yeah. So did you answer the question of do you have any predictions of where the show might go? I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I didn't really understand all of the bureaucratic stuff. Like, I I didn't really, the guy that they arrested in the end, who was in a meeting, it was in the board meeting. Yeah. I didn't really get who he was. He's like the head of Evil Corp or E Corp. Okay. Evil Corp. Yeah. That's kind of what they end up calling it by the end of the episode, right? Right. I mean, he was like just shy of a big cigar hanging off his lips in right. that board meeting. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And then Tyler Wellick, who's the kind of like savvy new boss. Okay, yeah. That now that's I am curious about him, right? Because the last scene of the episode is you think he's getting arrested by the FBI. Yeah, uh, Elliot, when yeah. the guy with the earpiece comes up to him and says, "Get in the car," and then they take him to this office building. Yep. And there's just these blurry faces and that young guy, that hotshot guy. Man, he's such an interesting character in it. Is he evil? He seems evil. Um, He has a punchable face. It's, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's he's kind of assume, the assumed villain, I think, in the show. But he really likes Elliot. Okay. And he, yeah, I kind of forget how the season ended. And I need to catch up before I watch season two. But I don't think that he's so clearly an evil person okay well here let me ask you this based on another vibe i got just from the pilot sure that this is yet another orientation of the sherlock holmes story about a fucked up superhuman guy who has this ability and is recruited right by an organization to help the better good Mm -hmm. because he is unlike anybody else. Is this other guy, this young hotshot, who seems to like uh, Rami Malek in a strange way, is he the Moriarty? Uh, No, it's not so clear that he is the Moriarty at this point. Okay. Am I I right about that parallel, or is it not that simple? It's really not that simple. You're right about that parallel, and then there's some parallels to, okay, you know, like Fight Club? Sure. There's some parallels to Fight Club, for sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, you're not... You're not giving like a big spoiler. I'm not giving a big spoiler. Okay. But basically just on the whole kind of trying to bring society down through removal of some of the technological infrastructure. Or like Holden Caulfield and that he sees the world as this vicious evil place and nobody is being honest and everybody's doing the wrong thing. And he has this superior perspective of how to how to make it better, but he doesn't know how to apply it. Yeah. Are there any shows that are comparable to Mr. Robot from what you saw? Well, it's funny you mention Fight Club because I definitely got a social network vibe from it, a la sure. David Fincher. That's a great, great call. I mean, j- just just the score in the specifically the first half before Neil Diamond kicks in, right? When it's like there's this like really tonal, almost digital sounding score. Yep. So how long is it going to take you to finish this? I, I just want to talk to you about the end of the season. Right, yeah. no, Maybe we great. could do that on the next podcast. 
Uh, okay. Like just a like a hey, you watched the rest of Mr. Robot. What'd you think? I can try and watch as much of it as possible. <laughs> you should, because I'm eager to. Yeah, and um, and you can go go through it so quickly. And how many is there? Ten or eleven in the first there's, season? I think there's only ten. Yeah, and they've extended season two from ten to twelve episodes. Oh wow! You've already got extra. Did you hear that Sam Esmail, the like creator, originally wrote it as a movie mm. with three acts? Okay. And ended up extending the first act to be a full season of TV. Okay, so we're still in the first act then. The first season, yeah. The last episode is the end of the first act. It'd be interesting to see if he keeps it to three seasons then. I hope he does. I so hope he does. You know, we've had this conversation about like, don't keep shows going on. I know. That need to end. I hope there's three chapters, and I hope it's done after the third season. There's a, there's a new show. I, I mean, I assume it's new uh, with... What's his name? Kenny Powers. What's his name? Oh, Danny uh, McBride. Yeah, he's got a show called Vice Principal that's out right now. Yes, I need to see that. It's I he, love Danny McBride. He came out and said last week, "This is two seasons. Fuck everybody else. This is going to be two seasons." Nice. And everybody on Reddit was like, "Hallelujah!" Because great. I would so love that if everybody just like expends everything they got, yeah, and then and then wraps it up the way it was supposed to yep. without getting money hungry. Well, did he explain that Kenny Powers was only supposed to be a certain amount of episodes, but then HBO kept backing up the truck? Well, then that's he why kept... he said it exactly. Okay. So and they ended up wrapping it up pretty well, like the the whole Kenny Powers. But clearly he Sorry. felt like his character was violated. Yeah, and, and, I think so. And stretched out and hung out to dry. Yeah. And he's refusing to let that happen. Yeah, I think he realized he didn't have to do it again. House of Guards said it, though. They said, look, this might only be three seasons. And now we're in... I know. We finished season four. They're going to do more. You know what? I'm soon going to hop on the screw House of Guards train. I was on it this season. I, I very bitterly watched it by myself. The oh, whole you time. finished it? Yeah, I finished it, but it took me like two months to finish it because I watched it alone and I, I never felt compelled to binge it. It's the least bingeable show to so, me. So you didn't like how this season went for House of Cards? I thought it was better than season three. Yeah. I guess. I mean, like the the highlight for me was when he's in the Oval Office with, who's the, there's kind of a heavyset woman who doesn't trust Frank. I I don't oh, remember her name. Um... I'd know it if I heard it. It doesn't matter. Sure. And he's like, he's like trying to get his point across. And he, he looks her in the eye, gets like nose to nose with her. And he says, uh, yeah, I killed Zoe Barnes. Yeah, I killed Peter Russo. Right. It's just a really scary moment. Yeah, and then he yeah. just starts laughing and he's like, oh my God, I had you going. Yes. Yeah. That's the highlight of the season for me. Yeah. Because I, I stand by what I said about how they really blew your mind in, in season two, episode one, when they threw her in front of the train mm-hmm. and you've been chasing the thrill of that moment ever since. Yeah. You've never been that high again mm-hmm. and certainly not in season three. No. You know? I don't know. I thought season four made up for all the slack loss, but I would like it to end on season five and I know it's not going to. There's still two more seasons, I think. Right. Game of Thrones said there's going to be two more seasons. That I mean, how could they afford not to? Yeah, I don't know, but... I asked my dad the other day, because he watches it, I said, so who's going to end up in the Iron Throne? <laughs> and he said, Arya Stark. Yeah. So he was like very conclusively sure that that's what's going to happen. No, I, that's not conclusive at all, but okay. he he was definitely just like picking his favorite character and making a guess, or... Maybe. Or maybe just making a guess based on how this season has gone, but I don't... There's nothing that... Would, nothing is pointing point, towards that. No, not at all. Gotcha. I will say, um, while we're uh, off the subject orange is the new black season four i know a lot of people are kind of like ah man fuck that show at this point oh yeah um they finished season four and they're already like signed off to do seven seasons of this show whoa i know brutal did you finish season I, four? I finished it and what'd you think well do you remember me saying in one of our recent podcasts that season three was not that good yeah season four was good 
Oh, okay. It was it was really good, and I mean, there's a big moment that everybody is like everybody who's still watching the show was really hurt by. They were without giving anything away. They were very clearly alluding to there's going to be a death in this season. Okay, and there are a couple of different points where you think you've got it figured out. Like with the Healy character, like he seems quite suicidal. Like there are a couple of moments where I was like ready to flinch. Like Who's oh my Healy god, is he, again? Is he he's one of he's the, one of the guys? yeah he's one of the COs. He's okay. like the white haired guy right, who has right, a right. mail sure. order bride. He was really fucked up. And then Nichols, Natasha Leone, like she goes back on smack. So you think at one point like oh uh, she's gonna OD and she's gonna die. Yeah. And then the person who it ends up being, I I called it. I saw it coming only because in that episode. They started to develop this arc about how she's like excited to get her to prison. Uh, and I was like, uh oh. Can I guess at who it is? Yeah, okay. Is it red? No, it's not red. Is it the uh really calm girl who's like very zen like? Yoga Jones. Yoga Jones? No. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's Pousset. Remember we talked about how Right. Turns out that's a French name to answer your previous question. Oh right, question. yeah. She's like she was in the first episode. She right? is the she was easily the most well liked character on the show. Really? And she was so beautiful, and her death is really tragic. Oh, um, wow. But you, you can really only sniff it coming for that episode. Really? Okay. Uh, and, and they were just, they, there were a few things that were like kind of ridiculous about the season, but all in all, it, it made you feel things. Like it made you, it made you scream, oh, fuck this guy. Right. And it made you say things like, oh, she's going to die. And, really. and that's good TV as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. If you're talking to the TV, then that's great. That's actually a great lesson. That sums up a lot of entertainment. Yeah. If you're, talking and not like just realizing while you're watching it like oh shit i'm talking to the tv right now that's do, how much of a response it's eliciting you're doing that in mr robot yeah oh 100 percent. nice yeah i can't Definitely. wait i can't i mean i, I, I told becky she, it's so easy to get becky to watch something i just yeah. have to i just have to say you have to watch this and then she's watching it. she's like D- i'm finished the first season <laughs> i sent you that text 20 minutes ago yeah. that's awesome i uh i can't recommend that show highly enough i got like four people at work onto it and uh no one was unhappy with me for doing it it seems like he's rami malik is another like paul dano like he is this like young actor who's clearly an artist and who's he's paul dano again paul dano is he was in the brian wilson movie that came out last year and he was in little miss sunshine and he was he's in this new um uh daniel radcliffe movie the the corpse right movie. Right, right, right right swiss army swiss man. army man yeah yeah he's like a good actor he was in a movie that nobody saw, but I think it's on, on Netflix. It's called Ruby Sparks. Have you okay. heard about this movie? No. I think I'm the only person who saw it, and I, I, I loved it. It's it's this really cool little film about a guy who's like a young novelist, and he lives like on the Vienna boardwalk or something. And the, the idea is he, when he was like 18 or 19 years old, happened to write the next great American novel. Okay. Like he he's a weirdo and he happened to write a book and it happened to be the next great American novel. And so he's like a millionaire and he's struggling in his mid-20s with writing his second book. He starts to write this character uh, named Ruby Sparks. He starts to write about this this like this cute girl and how she's quirky and he starts to really love writing this character. And he goes to his therapist who's Elliot Gould and he says, this is fucked, but I think I'm falling in love with Ruby. Like, right. I think I'm in love with, with my character. And he wakes up the next day, and Ruby's making him breakfast. Right. Okay, uh, yeah, I definitely saw a trailer for this or something. Right. Well, and, like, I was thinking about that because he was on WTF today. And right. so he mentioned Ruby Sparks, and I was like, oh, fuck, that was a great movie. And it occurred to me, I mean, I've seen the movie twice, but it, it never occurred to me that the title was strategic, that, like, she her, her name is Sparks because she's she literally came out of nowhere. She's right. She sparked. She's a spark of imagination. Yeah. So Ruby sparks in this movie when she right. sparks on screen. Gotcha. 
uh, anyway, I, I can't recommend uh, Ruby Sparks enough, but I, I think that I think that he and and Rami Malek uh, are in the same class. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know what else Rami Malek has been in. <laughs> Night at the Museum too. Really? <laughs> he played King Tut. Did you watch that? I definitely saw it. Yeah, was it I, good? Saw, I saw the Night at the Museum movies. Did you like them? Yeah. Nice. I haven't I, seen I, them at all. I saw the first two. Are they Jumanji esque? Yeah. Did you hear about? They're less. They're less terrifying than Jumanji. Like as a kid, I was almost like a little put off by Jumanji. Did we talk about how Jumanji is having a like rebirth? Like Jack Black. With, yeah, Jack Black and someone else. Oh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay, we can go in a couple of different directions, but okay. just uh, keeping on the on the Jack Black train. Mm-hmm. I convinced Becky to watch High Fidelity with me this weekend. Nice. Great which movie. I I love and I love anything Nick Hornby and I said will you watch this with me and she was like eh. and then I convinced her to watch it and or she says oh Jack Black's in this and I said well Jack Black is in this as Jack Black like this is this right. is almost what the Jack Black character is built right. from um like he got School of Rock because of High Fidelity he was basically being like a pretentious tenacious D member absolutely behind that yeah and and I realized like because I sold it to her by saying this is like a good look inside the selfish male mind. Right. That all all men have to some degree. I said like that's that's what makes this like a good character study, mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, I'm interested in that. And so I realized halfway through like how fucking hateful John Cusack is in that movie. And like now I've I've shone a light on the fact that I am in many ways like him, the way all men are. Sure. Like he's the, the reason that that movie is good in spite of it having a an unlikable main character is that he's pretty realistic and it's right. it's fearlessly unrealistic. I get a little bit uncomfortable with the idea of her potential insecurities. Right. Based on, on looking at me through the lens of of Rob Gordon in High Fidelity, do you, sure. does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. You see yourself as that character, and then sometimes when you're taught, you're like, oh, "Okay, I'm being Rob Gordon right now." Yeah, well, because we because we can all be that way. Yeah, but every definitely. time it's 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 the same reason. You know, if, if somebody in life really drives you crazy, chances are the thing that makes you most nuts about them is is something that you don't like in yourself. So like when right. you're when you're really going, why is there a movie about this guy? I fucking hate this guy. You've probably at least had that thought. Yeah, and you're not proud of it. So do you think the people that you hate most are the most like you? I think the people I bitch about the most are are like me in ways. Okay, I know what you mean by the whole suppression of feelings. Yeah, yeah. I'm good enough to not be that way. How come you're not? You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Which is really arrogant, also. Wow. There's also a bit of a bit of an appreciation for Rob in that he's not that sorry to right. be the way he is. Yeah, and I mean he has a lot to learn. The only problem with that movie is that he hasn't really learned his he lesson doesn't by learn the end of it. Anything by the end of it? Really. Not really. He's just kind of like he kind of realizes he is that way, I guess. Well, and he he ends up back with Laura, and they're happy together in the end. Yeah. Really, the only development he does is he learns to. I mean, when when Jack Black sings, let's get it on. Yeah. And he's surprised that he's really good. Right. Um, that's really the only thing that like that he learns. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I've misjudged Barry. Right. Jack Black. But like right up until the last 10 minutes of the movie, he's flirting with other women. Yeah. And he doesn't really yeah. like learn his lesson from that, except he that's proposes true. to Laura in, to, to suppress his urges to cheat on her. He proposes to her. She rolls her eyes and she's like, OK. And that's how the movie ends. If there was a sequel, it would obviously begin with him being completely alone because she left him. Well, and that's how it, the first one starts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just maybe like a completely, uh, it's a vicious cycle. The best the best scene in that entire, and I haven't read the book, but the best scene in that entire movie is when he comes home to find her at his kitchen table and she's reading this list that he's left around in the apartment right. of his top five 
ideal jobs, the jobs he'd like to have most. Okay. And he owns a record store. Right. And so like the list are like is like journalist for Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. uh, musician in the '60s, right. um, photographer. Like and then like all of the top four are really cool and and music related. And right. then the fifth one is architect. And she's like, you want to be an architect? And he's like, well, not really. And she says, wouldn't you rather own a record store than an architect? And he goes, I guess I would. Yeah. So but like that really perfectly illustrates that he refuses to see how his life is good. Right. But that's also Nick Hornby's specialty is writing man children about a boy is about a man child. Mm-hmm. Fever pitch is about a man child. Right. He, wrote, he did the fault in their stars too, didn't he? No, that's different. that's John Green. Right. Okay. He also wrote um the one with Reese Witherspoon where she's the where she's the hateful hiker. Oh yeah. Wild. Wild, yeah, I was gonna say dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wanna go back to that? Sorry? Jumanji? No, I don't even think so. That was kind I, of just throw I was away. just going to say it's comparable to Ghostbusters, which we've talked about sure. before. And, and that comes <laughs> out that comes out this week. Mm-hmm. And today, reviews started coming out. And it's, they're decent, aren't they're they? They're really decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw a couple pop up online today, and all of them were like, it's actually pretty good. Kind of funny. Well, I, I kind of, I would be lying if I didn't say that was coming. And in fact, if it got a, if it got a 12 on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. I would have called bullshit. I would right. have said. I well, you were said, saying you think it will, I think you said it would get a bad review overall, you're probably but it's right. just from shitty people. Well, I think it'll probably shrink. It it's at like 78 as of today. So I, by okay. the time this comes out in 48 hours, mm-hmm. it'll probably be lower than that. And maybe it'll slip below fresh right. eventually. Sure. Because like I said, people are determined to to see that that movie is the pop cultural pariah of 2016, if not all time. Right. I think, I think people are determined to dislike something and that is influencing their, their opinions. It's nice to see that there are some, there's some integrity to some of the critics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, they could be even being a little bit... Um, Forgiving? No, no. I mean, basically, when you, you go against what everyone else says just for the sake of... Oh, uh, contrarian. Contrarian. Thank yeah. you so much. They could just be being contrarian to all those people that said the movie was going to be so bad. Yeah. And I find that sometimes that's just what smart people do, is take a completely contrarian view of what everyone else does or maybe it's just to seem more smart that but. or honestly like it all could be fucking smoke and mirrors and the film company could be saying look we will pay you guys to give good reviews to this <laughs> movie i'm sure it happens it probably does i'm sure it happens but it'd be hard to keep that hidden i saw a 60 minutes piece one time about a guy who made his living reviewing major blockbuster movies and he would get paid by film companies to say incredible things about wow. mediocre films. Right. But that was his business. Like, if you knew his name, you'd know not to... Consi- but, like, he had a blog right. that was called, like, The Inside Look, or it had some kind of, sure. like... It had some kind of uh, qualified legitimacy to its name. There's a gravitas to the name. Yeah. And he was John Hancock from from The Inside Look. And if you saw that he gave something five stars and said that this movie is a revelation... Yeah. You, you, might, not know, just... you might not know better than to say, oh, well, John Hancock thought this was great. Right. You know? Yeah. But he made, like, a fortune giving good reviews for money. Are you listening to this podcast, by the way? Um, not regularly. I wouldn't. No. Ex- I'm not asking like okay. I need you to be supportive or anything. It's, no, no. I listen to it because I'm a narcissist. But like, do you? I find it really hard to listen to myself. I, I, I should listen to it because I'm sure I would learn some things and try to take some things out of what I'm saying. But I, I've listened to a couple of the episodes. I'm, I'm over being bothered by what I sound like. Sure. Because there was definitely a time when that was like really frustrating. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm really used to it. At this point, and plus, I mean, I edit it to sound 
so that we don't ramble or like right. we're not. I cut out the dumb stuff we say. Sure. If I if I'm not that hard on it, obviously, because I want to make the show last about an hour long. But like, if if we're if we're talking like humans talk, mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. I'm basically just waiting until I have an episode that I think is uh, extraordinary <laughs> to listen to that one. Okay. Until then, these are like episodes where I'm trying to make some points about TV shows and hope that you carry it the rest of the way. I'm not doing anything at all. I mean, I've, I've written these notes. So, so in case we really like fall off the wagon, so what you're saying is we need a third person <laughs> to really carry us through. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to put myself in the position of having another person here for me to feel sorry for when my equipment shits the bed. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I have no experience with any of this equipment, so I'm totally happy to come over and take one of your beers every time and drink and talk to you. Well, that makes me really happy. I'm really glad to hear that, but I'm still annoyed about it. Anyway, so the reason this podcast is disjointed and 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 maybe not flowing as as, as well as it should is because we're having technical difficulties. But we're mm-hmm. determined to get a show out because uh, we're, we've run out of backlog. So <laughs> this is this was taped like minutes before it was posted. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other show we want to talk about, though, there's really no connection to Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a it's a popular show. It's a critically acclaimed show. Mm-hmm. Alias. I'm not sure if, if we have the, the audio where I say that Jennifer Garner sucks. But Jennifer Garner's the worst. Right. You don't like Jennifer Garner at all. And you thought that nothing in this episode redeemed her. No. <laughs> not even her red wig. I thought the red wig was ridiculous. Yeah. It was very like 90s vitamin C. 2001 was a, a perfect time. 2001 was still part of the 90s, I think. Never mind. 2001 was not a perfect time. No. Can we rescind what no. I just said? That was a bad month. <laughs> yeah. Not the best. And it came out 17 days after September 11th. 19 days after September 11th. Again, I don't know if this made it in. It was a sensitive time, a, a difficult time in American television. Like, I know that there was this big thing where, like, SNL had a bunch of, like, New York City firemen come out for their monologue, and Lorne Michaels gave, came up, and it was, was Giuliani the mayor then? Yes. And they asked Giuliani, you know, can we be funny? And he says, why start now? And, uh, like, Letterman kind of gave the first. You know how, like, it's it's so common now for late night talk show hosts to be serious right. and, like, give a little. Yeah, anytime little, there's a shooting they give a whole like impassioned speech at the beginning that started with letterman after 9-11 right like he gave the first one of those and it was like whoa right. dave serious although if you go back and watch it like he's still he's still david letterman like it's, right. it's great john stewart did a really good one then too yeah but yeah it, it was it was a sensitive time never mind the fact that alias is a show about national security yeah and maybe they just didn't have anything else to fill it in with. But, like, it wouldn't have surprised me considering how nervous they probably were, honestly, of being attacked again. Sure. That that network executives might have said, we got to pull the plug on this show. Except it's, there's really no terrorism in it. No. It's well, all it's all inter-American espionage, isn't it? I don't know that that's... I, I think there's a lot of, like, international stuff that ends up happening through the five seasons. But Oh, well, there, I mean, there's the Chinese guy in the first episode. Yeah. I wrote right here halfway down. What is wrong with me that I don't like Jennifer Garner? <laughs> you really don't. Well, and it's such a like 90s core feel to the whole show. Like yes. it really doesn't have that kind of graduated, not even like 24 feel. No. Which happens six years later. Well, 24 happened because of 9-11. That yeah. show never would have been popular. Right. It was distinctly anti-terrorism. So did you find it to be formulaic? Like, was it was it shocking to you? Did it really reel you in? Uh, I found it surprising that her fiancé died in the first episode. Yeah. And then, but that's really where the whole story starts is because then she starts... And uh, she's motivated. Going against SD6, and you find out her dad's also an agent. 
Plus, then Bradley Cooper can get in there. Bradley Cooper's there, kind of being the Peter Parker of the whole thing. Hard to believe, isn't it? Considering his first scene, he's running track and field. Yes. Yeah, I kind of thought he was also a CIA member because they're just running on a track and he takes his shirt off at one point. There was even like a split second before Danny died where I was like, maybe the fact that he's not American is supposed to be a hint to the fact that he's a spy and he's gotten with Jennifer Garner to infiltrate her operation. Interesting, but, but that then, true. but then he died, and he got killed by the organization. And what a great proposal, by the way, when he just gets down on one knee and starts yelling, "Build you up, Buttercup." Yep, that's... for like way too long. Draw attention to yourself. Court attention at all costs when proposing. You know what I've always wanted to do? Go on a date to a fancy restaurant and fake a proposal to get a free meal. I I uh, I always want to go to a restaurant and fake a fight. <laughs> like, ah, you ordered the fucking shrimp again. <laughs> and just like have a GoPro yeah. next to your wine sure. bottle. And just, but the, the joke's really like, no matter when you do that, the joke's really on you <laughs> because everyone's looking at, at you and, and you're kind of what thinking to yourself like, haha, I'm not actually fighting right now. I'm just looking like I'm fighting yeah, and everyone just, else believes it. But, but really you're not the victim because you're in the know and everyone else is uncomfortable yeah that's true except they're not uncomfortable because it's just like they're getting live reality television yeah Yeah, they feel so good about themselves for not being in that incident Mm -hmm. i if i'm far away enough in a restaurant i love when stuff like that happens not that i've ever actually seen any of that happen but i guess it just mean in a social situation being far away while some sort of argument is happening you like seeing public drama yeah if i'm in a safe place (laughs) (laughs) if i'm far enough away that i'm not gonna get food or fork thrown in my eye yeah like i I don't want it to happen while i'm on a train right and i can't get away yeah yeah exactly like a (laughs) a plane would be friggin terrifying that would be really scary like a train you could stop yeah no if it was bad enough i guess you could get off the train yeah a plane you can't there's just nothing you're doing you're they're not gonna emergency land speaking of terrorism alias i did you ever think that jennifer garner's name was alias as a child (laughs) <laughs> I was always like, this alias girl sure is getting into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Did you not know what the word alias meant? Not when I was in grade five or six. No, no. that's fair. Yeah. I don't think I ever thought about it enough. Right. It wasn't to... until a few years in when people started using that word around me. Like when Peter Griffin refers to Zach Braff as scrubs and, <laughs> and, and, and black scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that, but I find that really funny. I, I don't remember what the context is. I'm watching scrubs and black scrubs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, Scrubs is so funny. Look at Scrubs. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I watched a a clip someone sent me uh, because we were doing a golf tournament on Friday, and it was uh, Peter Griffin explaining golf. Okay. And Lois is like, are you supposed to try to hit your ball in the water? He's like, no, you're not supposed to try to hit your ball in the water. (laughs) She's like, well, why'd you hit your ball in the water? And he's like, because I mishit it. She's like, well, why why do you do this then? He's like, because this is fun. Golf is fun. <laughs> he throws his clubs. Reminds me of a Jerry Seinfeld joke where he says that golf is like uh, going out into a field and trying to get a tic-tac into a shoebox. Right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but I'm becoming obsessed with it in a way that I never have before. Yeah, you're having a big golf here? Yeah, it's crazy. I, like, I've got the bug. I, like, I thought about golf probably 10 times today. Oh, wow. Like, I want to go out. I wanted, I wanted to co- go to the driving range before coming here. Is there a part of you that feels like that's satisfying some childlike want to be a grown-up because there's something inherently adult about golf? No, I don't think so because I played it as a, as a kid too. Yeah, but wasn't I... that adorable? Do you know what I mean? Like when you see a little kid on the golf course, you're like, nah. Uh, no, I don't know. Like I played it all through like 
high school and stuff too, I guess. But I just, I never had a season where I was playing as well. Okay. So now I'm like, I want to see how low I can get. Like I never really scored in the eighties. Now I want to score like in the seventies. Did you score in the eighties? Yeah, I did earlier in the year. That's pretty great. That's not too bad. No. And then the other day on the front nine at a golf course, I scored 40. Oh, you're a good golfer. On a regular friggin' golf course. Yeah, like I know enough to know that you're a pretty good golfer then. that Well, I had a good, good round that day, and I've been like shaping it up. I've just been going out and playing more, and it's making me better. As somebody who's been trying to like sports more, I don't see myself ever really sinking my teeth into, into pro golf, but can I just point out how much of a curse I am on the sports community to have gotten into sports and then two of the most beloved athletes of all time died within a week. And Muhammad Ali and Gordie Howe oh, right. both died within a week. And then yeah. I, I, I watched the, the tennis, the Wimbledon semifinals the other day. And right. I was like, oh, Milos. And as soon as I got excited, he lost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you were into the sport, he lost. Yep. Well, you should start watching like the Blue Jays or something. But I'll kill them. They've been doing right. okay the last that's, couple that, of years. That's true. I mean, I, 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 I'll follow the score. But, but you, your Cavs ended up winning the championship. My Cavs. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. But I wasn't. I wasn't even in a place where I was rooting for anybody yet. I was excited to see whoever won. Did Did we talk about the Kevin Durant thing at all? How no. Incensed I am about it. Well, what is the situation there? Because I know he he moved and people are 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 upset about it. Kevin Durant on Oklahoma City Thunder. One of the greatest players in the NBA. Ends up going to what team? The the He was on the Thunder? He was on the Thunder. He goes to the Golden State Warriors. Oh. The greatest team oh. in like really? the fucking history of the NBA. He goes to the Golden State Warriors. They basically won the championship before he even signed. Although, why, why did they just, did they do that so they're not going to lose the fucking championship again? I honestly, they have a lot of money. They have a lot of cap space. They don't pay Steph Curry that much money. They don't pay Klay Thompson that much money. They just have a bunch of money in the hopper. Yeah. So they were able to do it, first of all. I guess their thought was, we have three players that play Unreal. Like, when one of them isn't playing Unreal, the other is. So now, why not push that to four players? And he's, like, another franchise player that we can include. I could see it backfiring, for sure. But I'm not certain that it will. I think they're probably going to win the championship next year. They're definitely the favorites. Okay, are the Warriors going to going to be like I remember this thing happened when LeBron. I was like when I was like 9. Okay. And everybody started collecting hockey cards and like everybody who was my age who just suddenly got into hockey loved the Colorado Avalanche. Right. And I don't know if it's because they won that year. Something indicated that everybody had to like that team newly. Like there was a bandwagon thing that happened. Is there going to be like a youthful bandwagon thing for the for the Golden State Warriors? Definitely. And there already was this year. Yeah. But now it's like insane. It's the most insane. It's not unreasonable, especially this year, because you wanted to see the Cinderella story. Well, the Cinderella story wasn't really for Golden State, though. It was after they started to kick ass. Yeah, but they won the championship last year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then they went undefeated, like, not undefeated, but they went 73-9, and which is the greatest record in NBA history. Uh, see, I thought they approached that record uh, as an underdog. No, no, not at all. They were, I'm not as impressed they, anymore. They were favored to win. And I stick like people kind of started getting on board, like, oh man, like how far are they going to go? Like how many games are they going to get this record that they can take over from the '96 Bulls? Right. Well, I I don't feel bad for rooting for the Cavs then. No, no, not at all. I mean, a lot of people wanted to see LeBron get another ring. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And now, and now, Team Canada doesn't even have a basketball team in the Olympics. No, they never should have got into this. That's true. All these players aren't going to all these uh, golf players aren't going to the Olympics because of Zika. That's probably because of you. Are you are you saying I'm responsible for Zika virus? 
I'm not saying you're responsible for Zika virus. I'm saying you're responsible for golfers not going to the Olympics because of Zika virus. Okay. Uh, all right. Because you're cursing the world of sports. No, I know. I'm sorry. I feel terrible. And I- also, I don't want to completely absolve you from Zika virus. Like, <laughs> probably, I'm going to say, who knows? at mean, least 20% could be you. Yeah, no. Can you imagine? You guys were really worried Good. about Zika virus. Well, Becky was. Yeah, well, I mean, there was like a moment where it was like a big thing right. to discuss. That was, and That and was when I went down south. Yeah, that's right. But now it's becoming a big thing again because it's of the Olympics. Becoming a big thing again. It had a bit of a lull. Right. Even and when you guys went during the lull. We went during the lull. Well, when <laughs> people lull were talking, uh, talking about it originally, like I, I think it was being blown out of proportion, but Becky opted not to go on a work trip. For like three days. It was like a three-day work trip. So yeah. like it wasn't, it wasn't worth it to her to go right. in case there was a risk. And sure. then once she felt more comfortable about it, we were going to go as a group anyway. For a week. We saw not a single mosquito while yeah. there. I, I saw, a, speaking of mosquitoes, I saw in my Facebook memories yesterday, I made a Facebook status a couple of years ago that said something to the effect of, asking me not to scratch my mosquito bites is like putting a big pound cake in front of Paula Deen and telling her she can't be racist. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And it was like, especially right, at the time. At the time, it was very topical. Anyway, I thought I would bring that up. Well, you know what? This podcast has just kind of been very stressful we'll for me. See, we'll see what we can get out of Alias. Something's, something got posted, but the good news is that Alias was was a moment in time. It was a, it was a thing in pop culture that yeah. probably well, doesn't deserve being revisited well, anyway. Well, it's number 84 on the top 100 shows of all time, though. Like, yeah. People thought it was good. Apparently, okay. it received pretty critical acclaim in the early 2000s. Do you think that if, if J.J. didn't go on to be the biggest director in the world, that show might not be so so fondly remembered? I don't know. Well, where's Felicity? Felicity must be on the top 100. I bet it is. I don't know. I don't remember seeing it on there. Uh, okay. I was going to say we could have paired those up. That would be a boring episode of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we would be talking about so much basketball. You know what? If nothing else, we had that weird little existential moment where I talked about high fidelity at the beginning of the That's podcast. That's true. That was probably good. Yeah, I think so. Unless I decide that it's going to get me in trouble. No. D- does much go on the podcast that you think is going to get you in trouble? No, but I'm like a pretty innocent person. Right. Sure. You know, except I have a man's brain. Like Rob Gordon from High Fidelity. <laughs> I'm an innocent person with a man's brain. Exactly. Check and check. That could be the title of my biography, Innocent Person with a Man's Brain. Yeah, or the name of your first album. I'm definitely not going to make an album. No. I have a podcast instead. True. Suppose, You're listening to Innocent Person with a Man's Brain. Suppose your girlfriend mm-hmm. came to you and said in the shower. Not possible. <laughs> came to you in another she hates water in, all right fair enough I, I see that for jen actually uh came to you in another non-wet situation and said i'm listening i am part of a spy agency we actually talked about this jen and i as we were watching it the boyfriend slash fiance gets absolutely out of his mind angry he's like that, way more mad than he needs to be yeah, yeah. i'd be Jen and I both looked at each other and said, like, I would be stoked if you just told me right now you were in a secret I would be so impressed with the secret. Yeah. And I would, like, want to go back over all the times where you hit it really well. Yes. I would be like, so what about the time when you said this? You really were lying. When when you said you were going to San Diego, where actually were you? (laughs) I mean, there would be a part of me that would be really fucking scared. But I don't think for a second I would walk away. No. There was, uh, people in that show were too dramatic for for some of the <laughs> circumstances they were dealt. Especially when they killed Danny. That was dramatic. Yeah. That, that was And there was no need for Jennifer Garner to get that upset. <laughs> you know what you do? You look down, 
you see your dead husband in the tub, and you carry on with your life they without They weren't even crying. married. They weren't even married. She was married to Jason Bateman in Juno. Yes, that she should have been upset about. <laughs> but she accepted a little too easily. Uh, well, well, look what she avoided, because he just would have left her for the first 16-year-old girl with a big tummy. That's what I thought. Reverse situation. An officer approaches you while you're sitting on a university campus and mm-hmm. says you have been randomly selected or whatever. You have, you have a, what does he say? You fit a profile. We want you to come work for us. Do you go? Yeah. Realistically. I, I listen. <laughs> I go. I say, I'm going to hear you out on this I'm one. I'm going to turn it and down. see where this lands. <laughs> I fit a profile. Actually, honestly, the first thing that I would be thinking was like, this guy's trying to recruit me for a gay strip club. I know he's trying to recruit me for a gay strip club. Or just a cult. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would be even more scary and what is the cia if not a big cult <laughs> that's what they say <laughs> it stands for cult in uh, america a cult in america <laughs> we all know that's what cia stands for <laughs> that is what a cult in america <laughs> wants this you just one big cia <laughs> Uh, well, I don't think we can. I mean, this is going to come a little short of a, an hour, but I don't think we can end on anything we stronger. We finally that. hit our stride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. okay. Colton America. Never trust Will Smith. Nope. And uh, Slaney out. Slaney out. Never go outside. <laughs>